0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Shalom welcome to Practical Spirituality here in Asia, Torah in the old city of Jerusalem overlooking the Temple Mount. Please go online and join the Yom Tov Media Club. Let's make a big impact in this world. Join the club and we are going to use that club to not only do stuff that we'll do in the club, but also we're going to... Put the word out. Um, by the way, the club, the Yom Toh Media Club, which I suggest any of you join, it's kind of a set and forget thing. We're, we're going to be doing... Um, uh, I have to travel for two weeks coming up, and when I get back to Israel, we're going to be doing a um, a Zoom conference, questions, answers, experience together for everyone in the club. So it's Yom Media Club.com. Um, what I'd like to do with all of us is... Imagine you were wearing a T-shirt that said on it, I'm not safe. (laughs) And you walk around with a T-shirt that says, I'm not safe. (laughs) What do you think people would do? (laughs) What do you think people would do if you had a T-shirt that said, I'm not safe? You. It's kind of a funny thing. I'm looking at all your faces just imagining you walking around with that T-shirt. So, like, some of you, it would just kind of be funny. Because, like, if you look like a like one of these, like, friendly seminary girls. So you wearing a T-shirt saying, I'm not safe, it's just kind of, it would just kind of be ironic and funny. But think about the rest of you, like, having that on your T-shirt. Yeah, that, oh, yeah, you got a spot right here. You can come around just careful for the camels. Wearing a T-shirt, ask me about my fear of strangers. So, but imagine you're wearing a T-shirt that says I'm not safe. What's going to happen is people are going to change, like they're going to walk to the other side of the road when you walk by. Now, of course, no one would wear such a T-shirt. And obviously it's announcing something that's not very nice about you. But... Listen to this for a moment. The heart is the most fragile thing that anyone has. It is the most fragile thing that you'll ever ever possess is your heart. It's super fragile. It's super 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 fragile. There's nothing you have. I mean you could have like the crystal wine glass is is safer, less fragile than your heart. Heart's the most fragile thing you have. But interestingly, it's your most precious possession. So it's got most precious and they think, about it, do you have anything more precious than your own heart? Anything more precious? Imagine giving your heart to someone forever. Like, can there be anything more precious? And for you to hold someone else's heart forever, like, what could be more precious than that? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, think about it like this. What's more, I'll ask you, like, what's the most precious stone? So famously, it would be the diamond, although there may be things that are more precious than diamonds. Uh, Can you do me a favor and just... uh, If I... Can you sit here... Or with, or with zero. Way. We got a table for two right here. Go quick, please. Oh, you had to put on your shoes. Sorry. Table for two. Are you three over there? Let's zero. table for three. I really should be managing restaurants. make a brother now the um, we were just saying that the, the most well I'm going to ask you guys what's more precious a ten thousand dollar diamond or your heart which one your heart's more precious so that's what I meant by your heart being precious it's more precious than a diamond I mean, imagine someone who got, like, a $10,000 diamond from someone who didn't hold her heart. So, like, is that diamond worth much? Not really. It's just a diamond. If the heart's not being held. So we see that the heart's more precious. And if someone held your heart but couldn't afford a diamond, just asking the ladies, of those two scenarios, which one would you go for yeah, I'd prefer someone hold my heart. I'll go for the heart. You can keep your diamonds. Yeah. I'd rather someone hold my heart. So we see that the heart is the most precious possession. But it's ironic that, that the most the second most precious possession they say is diamonds compared to the heart. But diamonds are actually the hardest substance. You, they're really you can't even cut a diamond without unless you have another diamond. You need a diamond knife to cut the diamond because it's one of the hardest materials in the world. More precious than the diamond is the heart and it's the most fragile possession. I mean, even as you sit there right now, and not everyone could do this, but I can see how important it is to you that you feel safe with your heart. Meaning, when I say I can see how important it is to you, I mean, individually, I can see how important that is to you. And it's so important to you that you feel safe with your heart, that you're probably gonna be a real constant, a real st- uh, stingy person <coughs> with your heart because, I mean, and I understand, <laughs> Like, I get it, You know, like I, I wouldn't wanna get hurt either. And so you're going to be pretty stingy about that. Someone cried to me yesterday. A bahara cried to me yesterday that her best friend got married. And her best friend's like doing her best to at least call her once a week. But think about it. What girls are like when they're best friends versus a perfunctory call once a week from the, from the kala, from the bride who got married. You know, it's like she'd rather not get that call. It's a, it's a band aid call. It's a, it's a I didn't forget you call, but I did forget you because I've moved on. My first daughter, before she started high school, I didn't warn her about this. My second daughter, I warned, and it didn't work. <laughs> she still got too close. And the, my third daughter, I warned, and she also got too close. So I've given <coughs> up. I don't know what's the right thing to do. I, I, I'm, I, don't, I just let people get their hearts put through an egg slicer, and that's it. I don't know. So the heart's the most precious thing, and it's the most fragile thing. And the crazy thing about the heart is that it, it gets uh, smashed to smithereens before you're five, before you turn age five. It gets smashed to smithereens before you even turn age five. Like hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. It may even start with it may even start with your parents listening to loud music on their Bluetooth speaker in their bedroom. And you're two screaming your head off after a nightmare but still in a crib so you can't get out I like circumcision that's pretty true (laughs) your first two comments were funny (laughs) the your parents are just they're just rocking out I mean they're just like you know (laughs) <laughs> they're just having a great time you know they're just you know you, i don't know if you know this but your parents are dancing to loud music when you're little in their bedroom <laughs> so and uh, anyway but the baby's just like i had a i had a client who one of their first memories one of their first memories towards the end of the memory is is their parents opening the door into them and, like, rubbing them across the floor. (laughs) Because the parents went out, and uh, they only went out, meaning they just ran down to the market Hmm. just to pick something up. The baby was fast asleep. Not a baby, whatever, the five-year-old was fast asleep. So they went down to the market. But when they closed the door, I guess they closed it too hard, and the kid woke up. And also they ran into some friends at the market. Whatever, what, was, what should have been 10 minutes was 45. And the baby passed out, the five-year-old. The five-year-old, not a baby. Passed out from convulsive crying in, in front of the front door until it passed out. And then the parents got home, and they were, like, just trying to push the door open. You know, like, scraping the baby along the floor, you know, the baby... It's a five-year-old baby. You know, it's heavy, a (laughs) five-year-old. They're like pushing the five-year-old into the house while they open the front door. And so what happens, by the time we're five, six years old, we, and onward, is that we get this sense of of danger we get the sense of danger that that i could be i could be hurt anywhere at any time and if you think being at home with your family is safer there are many families where the dynamic in the home is more dangerous than outside the home in many families it's safer outside with friends than inside certain certain parents And certainly any family that's directly lineated to the Holocaust, meaning the lineages from the Holocaust, a lot of those homes don't feel very safe. Even third or fourth generation. And so when I'm wearing a T-shirt that says I'm not safe, what you first heard me say there. When I said, imagine wearing a t-shirt that said, I'm not safe. Who did you think that was about? It was, it seemed like what I was saying is the person that sees you when you're walking down the street is going to go to the other side because you're not safe. Who was it actually about? Was it about that other person? Were you warning that person? No. Who was it about? It was actually about you. It was actually about you. You're the one who was saying I'm not safe. <clears throat> now, I got a question for all of you. Just go to your intuition for this one. Do you think you need to wear a T-shirt that says that you're not really, meaning your heart is not really going to be safe? To be to allow it to be exposed, to be held, to be cared, ca- carried, to be cherished, to be taken care of to be guarded and protected do you think you need to wear a t-shirt that that's at risk and that you're not safe or do you think that even without the t-shirt the vibrational message is i'm not safe you think you need a t-shirt or you think it's it's hitting the world vibrationally. Yeah, it's hitting the world vibrationally. And the crazy thing about it is that you you're so safe. The crazy thing is you're so safe. <laughs> I'll show you for example right here. Raise your hand if you would not willingly hurt anyone. <laughs> Look around the room. Look around the room. It's like, everybody, everybody here, so like, meaning, meaning, this is what they do in Israel when they say you're crazy. They go like that to you. Like if you cut someone off, they walk, they like drive up, they're like, (laughs) and they have a Hebrew word for it too. If they, if the windows open, they say, (laughs) psichi. Meaning you're, you're like a psychiatric case. (laughs) But they say the P. P. and if two fingers you're really nuts but that's what i'm saying to everyone whose hand was just up that you're walking around like everyone's carrying a knife they're not the world is filled with people just like you who would like someone to be careful with their heart and would in turn be careful with yours We're just crazy. We're living in isolation in some kind of strange charade of don't hurt me. (laughs) All around the most beautiful, loving people who've been hurt too in the past and also woke up screaming when they were kids and and also had their parents forget to pick them up from school and they waited outside until they were just standing there like for an hour until their parents finally realized that their kid didn't come home. 'Cause that day was no buses because there was an after school event. The parents finally woke up to the fact that maybe they should drive by the school. Because they they missed the email, maybe. But the world's full of the world's full of just people just like you who know how careful you gotta be. Now, I'm not saying that you got to like put your heart on a platter, like a silver platter and just say like, hold it, hold it, hold, it. hold my heart. You know, would you, <laughs> can you hold my heart, please? Are you my mother? You know, just, I'm not asking you guys. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying like, just go running around, like trying to get everyone to hold your heart. But it is on a continuum, you know. And, and there's a continuum between like, There's a continuum between... I put it up there. There's a continuum between hold my heart and I'm not safe. And if you're like most people, what side are you on? Which side are you leaning towards? I'm not safe. Yeah, you're probably leaning towards I'm not safe for the most part. Now, this gets kind of the cosmic in a way, because who's the one who feels not safe? You. What are you generating to that world without the t-shirt? What are you generating? Vibration. What? What's the vibration say? It's three words. We keep saying I'm it over not, and over again. I'm not, safe. I'm not safe. Is someone going to feel safe with you when you're saying I'm not safe? Think about it, just cosmically, on an intuitive, like kind of instinctual level, I'm not asking you to go intellectual right now, just on a very intuitive level, is someone going to feel very safe with someone whose vibrational message is, I'm not safe. No. No. And so what we realize now is that, is that you have the intellectual recognition in this class, as you just saw, everyone's hands raised, and no one's going to harm anybody purposely. So therefore, if this class is a random cross-section of people that aren't going to hurt you, like literally everyone raised their hand, no one in this room is going to hurt you. Or would, and quite the opposite, they'd actually probably be super tender, real careful like any steps towards getting to know you, or anyone anyone trying to get to know you in this classroom is going to do so with great respect. Real slow, sensing your ability to (coughs) let them in more. And meanwhile, knowing that intellectually, but feeling I'm not safe, is sending out a message that you're not safe. And so the likelihood is that no one would get anywhere near close to you in this room. And no one's likely to to allow you in because the message I'm not safe is going to hit them. I'm saying kind of deep stuff right now. I hope I haven't lost you guys. We're in like We're in like deep layers of emotional intelligence work right now. But meaning no one's going to hurt you. I'll say it again. No one's going to hurt you. I mean, it'd be like extreme statistical crazy situation that anyone would abuse your heart. So No one's going to do that. But because you're vibrationally saying I'm not safe, they may not hurt you but they're also not going to let you in. (laughs) Meaning, meaning, before it sounded like, well, hey, if ever raised your hand, well, what Rabbi Umtoh saying is that now we get to be close to everybody. Now I can be close to everybody. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. No one's going to let you be close to them. Because even though you know you're safe, I'm not safe is the inner vibrational message. And when you're saying I'm not safe, everyone's hearing that about themselves. That they're not safe. Which leads us to the big challenge. And the big challenge is how do you let everybody know that what? That you're safe. How do you let everybody know that you're safe? How do you communicate that? Tell me, if you were hiring somebody for a pretty high-level job, and you're interviewing people who have the right resume for such a job, and let's say you've narrowed it down to ten people who hmm. all have the credentials, they got the know-how, and one of them's Learned how to communicate I'm safe. And he may even not have as good credentials as the other nine, but he's got enough. Who would you hire? Who do you want to see every day? You're going to be seeing this guy every day. For hours. Because, you know, eight hours a day. Who are you hiring? Safe guy. Yeah, I'll take the safe guy, please. <coughs> I'll take the guy who knows how to communicate that he is safe. You'd like to get married. Interested in getting married. Well, what do you think it's like trying to get married with the words I'm not safe? <laughs> Being communicated. Again, everyone I'm just back to station identification. We're talking about I'm not safe with my heart to let someone hold it. That's all we're talking about here. That's all we're discussing. We're not talking about physical safety or, like, abuse subjects. We're not anywhere near those subjects. We're just talking about safe to let your heart be held by another human being. That's all. That's all we're discussing. It's a a very limited subject here. What's it like dating when you're not safe? What's it like for the other person? This, perhaps, is the reason why the safer, the home, environment, culture for the, Mm -hmm. for protection of the heart, the, uh, the faster the Shidduchim go. I mean, in in my community where the heart's extra protected, you know, I'm in part of a Hasidic community, so there's like, you know, it's really, really protected. There's, like, almost no, there's almost no cross, you know, there's no, I'm going to say cross-gender, there's no, like, gender mixing at all, and, you know, even if we have guests in my house, there will be a, uh, there's even a women's room and a men's room at, at a meal. It's a, it's a, it's a very protective place um even at older ages, my daughters even they 17 18, nineteen 20 that we still will escort them to our house. we don't have them walk home after dark it's like you know, but that's already physical protection but but it, it's protective environment <laughs> and the but in our community the uh, getting married can go from like from like neutral to to like fifth gear in 24 to 48 hours meaning from not knowing who the person is to engage to them can take place within 48 hours 24 hours 72 hours fast <laughs> it's really fast. Isn't like also A little bit like too too fast? Like If it's too fast they're gonna keep dating. The couple these are you don't marry people off when they're kids. These are mature people. They're and they're the ones going for it. Oh, okay. Parents parents don't and they're I'm sure there's parents who push. But not every parent's an idiot. There's some parents are smart. So, the smart parents aren't going to push so they'll go out some more. depends on the couple they you don't you don't engage non- mature people. You understand you don't give non- mature people this kind of speed in dating, but as long as they're mature enough and they're ready to go yeah, but, 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 that's but, 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 good. Yeah yeah you know she doesn't even know what sweater to put on she goes shopping she has a conniption like whether to buy this thing that thing like she she doesn't know what shoes match you know with this outfit she's gonna try this one that one but um uh, someone whose heart's been more protected again everyone's heart's broken a thousand times but someone whose heart was less roadkill that stuff she's good at she may not know what to put on. But when it comes to, like, vibrational connectivity, she's good at that. I mean, even though an 18-year-old's young and dumb, no offense, even though an 18-year-old's young and dumb, like, if some aspect of her was protected and therefore properly developed, she's probably pretty darn good there. I would guess that in some communities that an 18-year-old girl is is her heart's more developed for for allowing someone else to hold it than many many metropolitan areas of women in their 35 plus that she's got more intuition still available to her of who would hold her heart best again she she doesn't know what shoes to put on the 35 year olds you know she already knows her colors you know like she knows exactly what works for her She doesn't have that same crisis every time she goes shopping. She just knows what works. Because a woman who's 35, she's in her body already. She, like, really lives inside her world. Unlike 18-year-olds who, like, just look so random. No offense. So, (laughs) by the way, you can go to... (laughs) There are people who will help you. I don't know how much it costs. Um... My mother went to someone eventually in Los Angeles. She went to someone who just like, like she says, these are your colors. This, these are the colors you buy, and it was amazing. It was like night and day. How my mother looked once she went to someone who explained to her, just based on her, you know, what what's some women, someone wear prints that should never, ever, ever, ever wear a printed outfit, and then. A, Another person's wearing pla- wearing solids, who belongs in prints, and so anyway. But these are all things that are that you figure out after a while, and the um, and they're <laughs> But the heart, the heart is, is uh, when well protected, is excellent at uh, knowing when it's right. And there's nothing wrong with asking for another date, just to think it through. And there's nothing wrong with asking some of the wisest people you know. You know whether, whether you're on the right track. That's so basically like The what I'm understanding. The more someone's not sheltered, but from like, the environment, I guess, yeah. the more they are like on the left side rather than the right. Yeah, they're more on hold. My heart, for sure. Okay, so let's get back. Question is, how do we communicate that we are safe? How do we communicate we're safe? So let's go into that a little bit. This is going to be a little uh, uh, more painful in my classes usually. So I apologize in advance. The, um, the I'm not safe words, meaning, meaning uh, that my heart's not safe to be held, is um, is connected to it's connected to statements inner statements about yourself meaning meaning if you called me if you called me inarticulate, you think that would upset me? No. If you called me... Uh, if you called me... Uh, unlearned. Think that upset me? It would. Yeah. I've spent the last 27 years... Yes, I study Torah, but I've spent most of them standing in front of people. While my colleagues, like good friends that have been with me all these years, spend 6, 8, 10, 12 hours a day studying Torah. For all the 20... Now, this June is... Is it June yet? Or May? And it, June will be 28 years. I have friends who have not lifted their heads from the wisdom of the prophecy of, of Torah for 28 years. We came together. We learned Olive Base together. And I spent all these years reaching out to my people, my brothers, my sisters, my sons, my daughters at this point. And um, I have colleagues that, you know, serious Torah scholars, and it it bothers me. It bothers me. I made a big sacrifice and it also has affected my, my family. My kids didn't see what all the other kids saw. All the other kids saw their fathers in Torah in like a really big way, and my fa- my kids saw a rock star. Usually, doesn't go well for kids of rock stars. It happens to be that our house is a is a temple of emotional intelligence, and so my kids are fine. And I learned. After the first seven years of marriage, that rock star is not going to be good. So we're married, tw- this year we'll be married 25 years. So I have, I've healed this rock star business for the last, whatever, seven minus 25 is 18 years. Thank God. So about your age is when I realized, when you were born, I realized that, that this was not going to work. What do you mean not we came Don't think becoming observant means you stop Playing all your All your games you know? It's easy to put on A keeper and still Be Because my biggest fear was social anxiety Like what people think of me it was like It was Everything to me It was like people should like me Because as I said before We have to get in touch with the voices That's causing this So my voice inside was, I guess in a nutshell, was something like unacceptable. And so I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel safe because I didn't know if people would accept me. But like Rabbi Rockstar, that seemed to work for a while. And it would have kept working. It just I had a miracle is that my colon shut down from the stress of every single class, every single speaking engagement, every single concert I was playing, every you know, eventually, these kinds of voices inside of us, that the "I'm not safe" is triggering, like there's a voice in there. You have to get in touch with your voice. My voice was unacceptable. But you've got to get in touch with what your voice is inside. But eventually it will find a weak spot in your body. My weak spot was my digestion. And so it went after that spot. Some people goes after the low back. Some people goes after the headaches. Some people goes after other things. But uh, it's not just I'm not safe. It's I'm not safe comes with, it comes with a certain voice inside of you, about you. And it's really important to you that no one ever triggers that voice. For some people it has to do with, like mine, like what people think of you. For other people it has to do with your ability, like, you know, like success or failure. Other people it has to do with, it has to do with uh, your own autonomy, meaning that you're in control of your own life. I Meaning, there's voices like I'm weak, or I'm small, or I'm I'm worthless, or I'm I'm. Uh, when I say worthless, I mean like an object. I'm an object. I'm a victim. I'm a. You got to know your voices. You have to own the voice that's causing the I'm not safe. Everyone's got a different voice. I mean, I could right now just list twenty like that. You guys want to hear options of voices that cause the I'm not safe? Want to hear all the different options? Uh, you got. Stupid, uh, ugly, um, unlovable, unwanted, unworthy, um, lost, weak, small, victim, uh, incapable, not as good as fill in the blank with someone like a sibling or parent or something, not good enough. Ill equipped, schlamozzle, doomed. You realize we're all walking around with not just one of these voices. there were many of us. I and mean, I wouldn't ask you to raise your hand, but how many people I. You know what? Let's just do it like this. How many people identified with one? With one. Be honest. Okay? What are you wearing on your T-shirt? What are you wearing on your T-shirt? And that's it. Because anyone, anyone at any time can just, like, touch that nerve and send you into a tailspin. Especially parents. Especially parents. I was three with my father. You what? I was three months with my father over the winter. Three months. He's 92. Wow. Every other day, he's calling me an asshole and a loser. Every other day. Wow. 68 years old, you know. And I say, what a blessing. I can experiencing that at my age. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I got <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's 68. It becomes kind of humorous. Said, You'll miss the day he doesn't call you a loser. Yeah. we got a seat for Hasidim up here. This is the Hasidic corner up here. I always try to put Hasidim up front. That's my version of a chitza. So. So let's get things Like Clear here I'm not safe It's about me It's radiating to others It's communicating That even though You'd never harm me Don't get near me (laughs) Meaning people are being told Basically stay away from you You know Don't get near me Because you're radiating Ultimately That you're not safe For them Even though you are Because it's really You're the one feeling not safe It's just that's what's that's what the message coming across. That message is really coming across because, because you are not safe because anything can trigger the voice inside your head about yourself that you truly believe. Now here's the next thing is that are any of the, that long list, I did 15 different adjectives about ourselves, um, are any of those true? Any of those true? Have you ever seen an ugly person? No, I mean, you, there are uniquely ugly people, but how often you get to find one? You know, if you walked up and down Ben Yehuda Street where lots of people are, Mamila Mall, yeah. I'm not sure you'd find one, but I mean, if I get to see one, because every day I ride back up. The train tracks back to Nachlaot. So, like, eventually, I see one. I make a bracha. No, <laughs> yeah, there's brachas. You make a bracha on like uniquely strange people. I made a bracha last week. There was I saw a midget. I made a bracha. I just couldn't remember the bracha, so I asked her to hold still. And I ran into a shul grabbed a sitter. I was like, "Don't move." Just kidding. I'm just anyway, do you guys make that bracha mishane habrios? No, but who was? Who what it mean? Who was it me? That God makes the bracha in Hebrew, which is going to show you how awesome even the crazy-looking person is, like the real freaky-looking people. How awesome they are is that we have a bracha baruch atah shem elokenu melech halam. We use God's name for this bracha, and then we say mishane habriyot that He makes unique individuals sometimes sometimes he makes someone really unique i saw someone i saw someone a couple years ago that had it was a midget with full size legs <laughs> meaning the full size legs i'm i'm not sure their hips were even maybe even higher than mine and and so like the the feet to the hips were higher than the whole body of the person the body, it would be like going up to my hips, and then the head was right here. It was a midget that got planted on full size human legs. I mean, that was for sure, that was a the Mahadran. Yeah, that was a Mahadran there. But, but God makes unique individuals. Everybody is really that unique individual. Now, and by the way, there's a great movie called Beauty and the Beast which I never saw is probably based on a book which I never read but I think it's about a very beautiful woman and a beast meaning a guy but he looks like Minnie he was born all deformed he got into he was born. what's that? Yeah, like he got into yeah. I mean, anyway he was deformed or whatever but she saw only the beauty in that person and I'll tell you another thing that's quite amazing is uh, just switch seats for a second I'll tell you something else very amazing, is um, this is really cool thing, is people who get married when they're young, people who get married when they're young, stay married to that young person their whole life. It's really cool, it's really cool. It's amazing, it's just the strangest thing. I mean, my wife and I, like we, we're married 25 years, and every time I look at my wife, She's the exact woman I married that day. It's the weirdest it, thing, and she sees it too. Like, we don't get it, like, that we've aged 25 years. Because you, when you're staring at that same person every day, you stay with that person, and it's amazing. I, I, I always feel bad for people, because sometimes the people are date, you know, they're divorced, and they're dating, and they're, like, looking for someone in their 40s. and But they're, like, really meeting people in their 40s. and. Or meeting people in their fifties, and they're sensing that age. But when you get married young, and and by the way, when I say get married young, I mean even someone getting married in their thirties and marrying someone like the age locks in for the rest of your lives. It just locks in for the rest, the rest of the the time. Um, by the way, the greatest thing for looking young forever, though, is to love yourself. Like, like, you know how much people spend on, like, makeup and, like, plastic surgery and hair color and, like, you know, as they age? They could save so much money. All they got to do is, like, spend a couple grand going to personal transformation workshops. Go to all the top gurus in the world. If you're Hasidic, go to mine, because I don't know if you want to... Because the only way to grow in these things is you have to totally surrender to the process, which means you're really surrendering to the seminar leader, which is, like... If you actually care about your mental real estate, it's better that the person leading it is kosher. If you're observant, like very observant people are very careful what goes in their head. But uh, if you're not that careful, well, there's some great leaders out there. Go put yourselves in there. Go put yourselves on the altar. It will cost you. That couple grand will save you, could save you tens of thousands of dollars. Because someone who loves themselves just like, shines. They're just beautiful people. Beautiful people. I could take you to people in their eighties, nineties here in Yerushalayim. and they're just the most beautiful people you ever saw. They're just, they're just radiating light like forever. But you gotta you gotta break through your stuff and it's a great savings. <laughs> Amazing savings. You gotta spend the money in advance to gets, you know, like an international standard trainer to get you to the point of crying out the voice in your head. Because that voice didn't come from nowhere, did it? The voice in your head that has you not safe. It may not be true. It may not be true. It may be totally false, but it's true for you because of wherever that thing came from. And unfortunately, it seems to be that the only way out of it is, is a insane, totally intense, convulsive (laughs) cry, which like, like when's the last time you had an intense, totally insane, convulsive cry from literally from the depths of when you got that inner voice to begin with? Like when's the last time you did that? Like never. Um, last night I was in a restaurant, and uh, I was uh, I took a group of group of men from Mexico out to dinner, and and um, but we had a private room in there, and I was leading meditations, and so it was all candlelit, and it was a super deep experience. Anyway, um, at one point in one of the meditations, I just felt there was presence in the room, and I opened up my eyes, and I saw that. I guess Hasidim who were here for Lagba had who must have been eating in that restaurant, must have seen me, like, walking into that room. Anyway, when they finished their meal, they all came and took seats in this candlelit room for this meditation. <laughs> and, uh... Anyway, after the meditation, turns out that the, that the woman was a personal growth uh, person herself. She someone who does personal growth work with people and she's really gotten somewhere with it and she said to me that she's always wanted to do my program but but she said can't I love myself without going into like convulsive fetal position crying my guts out and I looked at her and I was like no. No, you can't. Which is really bizarre that for all of us to get our breakthrough, to, like, get to who we really are, I mean, it sounds so bizarre and it sounds, like, far-fetched, but raise your hands here if you've ever been in a situation where you were in a group of some led experience where you got to go to the full volcanic <laughs> Like full volcanic, convulsive sobbing out the voices in your head about yourself. Raise your hand if anyone's ever done that. Okay, there's about five of us. Is it after four? Hi, everybody. Oh, did I just make like a too dramatic of an entrance? You I have to go online. you got to online if you Hi, Mom. <laughs> You're on Facebook, not me. Okay, it's not Facebook. It's Torney Time, YouTube, Facebook, and a bunch Facebook. of other things. It's all good. It's all wonderful. Okay, Broadway guys, we're going to finish up. I'll be back in a second. Everything's breaking. Everything's <clears throat> yelling. and no my bike is not working. I told you, you just give it back to them Leave it. Not Leave it don't even talk to them We'll talk. We'll talk. Do you have a class. That's what I do. I just take things back and don't answer the calls until they call me back with it ready. Um. In conclusion, by the way, by the way, I'm not asking everyone here to do that right now, especially. I'm not asking here everyone here to do that. What I am saying is that you're saved. The voices in your head about yourself that you're afraid people are gonna trigger are not based in any truth. Should you do a bunch of work on that, for sure? You should definitely do work on that. But I am telling you right now that this is something anyone can do. That if you found yourself to be over here, somewhere over there, you can edge your way closer to the here. You can move this direction. You can move that way. And as you move Oops, did I just go the wrong way? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. If you find yourself over here, you can move your way in this direction. As of immediately, like you can do this immediately. Be friendly and connective. Talk to strangers often. There's all kinds of exercise. I don't have time now because I realize now I blew my time. But one example alone, talk to strangers often. It's really good for you. Talk to strangers. There's another, there's many other tips of what to do. But the, uh, but you can actually start celebrating with people and enjoying people and expose yourself a little bit and uh, allow yourself to be held and you'll, you'll be shocked to see that you're going with really old recordings inside your head that will not be valid once you let someone hold your heart a little bit and even a little bit. Like a stranger, obviously, you're not going to let them hold your heart a lot, but a little I really enjoyed my flight back yesterday to, from JFK. I shared genuinely, and the person sitting next to me was not planning to talk to me at all. Shared genuinely after a while. It was really nice. And in the morning um, in the morning, it was a 70-something-year-old lady. Her husband had a bottle fall out of the overhead compartment. Mm-hmm. He was sitting like, in another, com- another area of the plane, another cabin. And had to be rushed to emergency when we landed and everything. She needed somebody, this lady. She didn't even get to see him. He was like, they came on and rushed him out first. Obviously she was with him during the thing, but she had a crisis. She had someone with her during that crisis because, because I was able to share genuinely until she was able to share genuinely hours before the bottle landed on her husband's head. Share your life. Share your life. You're, you're pretty safe. You're pretty safe. Show them everyone. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by ToraAnyTime.com.